Yeah. Playing in your systems, everybody gon' see. We be hitting every note because we keep it on key. Playing in your systems, everybody gon' see. We be hitting every note because we keep it on key. You ain't know what time it is, we give you updates. If you watch us in the morning or you're sitting up late, time to talk about the trends from the net to TikTok. Touching every genre, right from EDM to hip hop. Man, playing in your systems, everybody gon' see. We be hitting every note because we keep it on key. Playing in your systems, everybody gone see. We be hitting every note because we keep it on key. Hello and welcome to the newest episode of the On Key podcast. The only podcast you need to delve into the music trends and listening habits of Australian music lovers like you. My name is Kimmy and I'm here with three of the On Key hosts, Ash, Ryan and Harry. Say hi guys. Hi. Hi. Yo, yo. <laughs> we have gathered around the microphone to talk about artist loyalty and how it has evolved through the ages. Harry, can you tell us a bit more about artist loyalty? Yeah, sure, can, Kimmy. So, artist loyalty is the concept of fans feeling a sense of connection and establishing a loyal relationship to an artist. So, the most successful artists in the industry are usually masters of forming these connections with their fans mm-hmm. because they just understand them and provide them with what they truly want. Mm-hmm. So, these connections then create fandoms of loyal fans such as One Direction's Directioners and Nicki Minaj's Barbie Kingdom. So there's another part to this as well, which is how the artists are capable of creating this feeling in a number of different ways. So the first one is being relatable. And stemming off from our TikTok episode, I feel like Peach PRC is a great example of this. Then there is also the sharing of values, making people laugh, like Doja Cat with her interesting humor with Bitch I'm a Cow and Moo. Creating Moo. <laughs> Yeah, that one. Creating music that also inspires them and making people feel included in a larger group, such as like the LGBTQIA plus artists. Yeah, no, I definitely agree, Harry. I think that women and the LGBTQI plus um, fans are definitely incredible and are a desirable fan market for these artists. Their influence in the success and superstardom of the artists is completely unmatched. Ryan, would you mind telling us a little bit more about this? Yeah, um, I've definitely noticed a trend recently especially with artists like Charlie XCX, who, um, even though she had mainstream success a few years ago, she sort of, like, she she, went, she fell off the map a little bit. She and she found her niche. She really yeah. did, yeah. Yeah, like, not not only did she find, like, a niche in terms of her audience, but her music really changed a lot, and mm-hmm. it's a lot more experimental and weird now. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing I've noticed is that, like, in the in the queer community, they really experiment with music a lot. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, they, they're not afraid to just, like, just, like, you know, the way they dress and, like, the way they go with things is really out there. They do the same thing with their music. Um, yeah, they're not afraid to do something a little bit different. And yeah. whether it flops or it flies, it doesn't really matter. No. They're just going to have a bit of fun, figure yeah. it out. Yeah, but, like, Charlie XCX has been one of the, um like, real, like, founders of this new genre that's popped up recently called Hyperpop, which is, like, the really, like, dist- distorted, like, strange-sounding, like, pop mixed with EDM and... Mm all those kind of things and that's like what Charlie X's Charlie XCX's new music is lately. I, yeah. I feel like similarly is like it's a little bit different but you've got like Lord's new album mm. which is what Solar Power yeah. I think. Mm. So she's gone like from this kind of more like grungy like I'm like so different no one understands me kind of vibe to yeah. like I'm just like a hot girl having fun. <laughs> I'm just it's summertime. I'm having really stripped back. It's, yeah, and she's yeah. just straight vibing and like just doing whatever she wants and i think i i know like any of my queer friends are obsessed mm. with lord which i mean fair enough she's fabulous so <laughs> i get it um but yeah i think it's really interesting all that happens and then you also i guess you have the artists that also have found like mainstream success you're like yeah. kanye west doja cat and like Nicki minaj 
Lady Gaga, I think, oh, is out. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we can't Huge talk about the queer community and not mention Lady Gaga. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, which I think is awesome. Mm. Back over to you, Ryan. I mean, I mean, yeah, like obviously Lil Nas, I'm not sure if you, you mentioned Lil Nas then, but mm-hmm. um, he's the first example I think people think of, at least recently when anybody says like a gay artist that's popular, he's the first first name that pops up for a Also of one of our mascots for the <laughs> podcast. We seem to talk about him every week. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like, you can't just not talk about him because he's... He's, he keeps he's his everywhere. Name. Yeah. <laughs> he just keeps his name relevant. But, um, but you know, like, I think that um, a, a big reason why they these artists in particular develop such strong fan bases is because, like, they're very, very just expressive and they're very much themselves, like, more so than a lot of people are. Well, yeah, so they're able to form really um, strong, authentic connections mm, with their audience. so real. Yeah. And, yeah, you don't feel like they've come out of a pop factory. They're like, hey, this mm. is me, I'm just straight vibing. Yeah. Like, do you want to vibe with me? And they make their fans really feel like a family and you, like, want to be a part of that group and you want to be a part of a community, not just with the artists, but with other people that yeah. also enjoy these um creators and it's yeah. really interesting yeah yeah but like going back into how that actually ties in with like artists and fan loyalty because th- like those groups in particular they're extremely supportive once they find somebody to like get a hold of like that's mm-hmm. that's why even though charlie xcx isn't massive she has like a really hardcore like base that mm-hmm. will buy all of their music buy all of their merch and then charlie just isn't afraid to work with other artists that are like really obscure that like she, she likes there's tons of trans artists she's worked with that didn't have that many listeners before she worked with them and all people of from all different walks of life mm. she and just works with yeah them i feel like that's the beauty as well with all these big name artists they take on board these smaller people who normally wouldn't get discovered and then they just make them big mm-hmm. and it's just awesome to see that happen especially in the music industry yeah yeah especially it's pretty hard to get into mm. now it's a lot easier than it was in the past but yeah. it's always great to see like a little underdog yeah you know, launch their career no for mm-hmm. sure yeah and um like one thing that i notice when we're like looking at hardcore fan bases is like the ones that are the most hardcore are pretty much always women mm-hmm. like like because like it's uh, i think um somebody somebody said like a while ago that like a, a fan that's a woman is equivalent to like five male fans in the fact that they're way more likely to share with their friends they're way more likely to publicly support you way more likely to financially support artists as well well like, um that is ever present in my for you page at the moment um <laughs> so like talking about is basically harry styles has finally started his love on tour tour oh, right. and he's released three shows he's on three shows my entire for you page is just women <laughs> frothing over them and like just sharing their outfits when they're going to the concert and posting every single photo that they have that they've found from these concerts whether they were there or just saw them online and it's Honestly, it's created such a mania surrounding mm. Harry Styles again. It was, yeah. like, when he released his Fine Line album, which is a masterpiece, by the way. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, it just women are always just, oh, my God, let me tell you about this. I love this. Shh, like, look, mm. this is what I love. And I think it's so awesome. And, like, it's just, it's so exciting to see people just being really excited about yeah. music. And I guess this is also... Um, was present with the Folklore trilogy at the end of last year with Taylor Swift. Definitely. Um, when Folklore came out and people were spotting the tiniest little Easter eggs that could have really just been coincidence. Like, there's another album coming, guys. I'm sure yeah. of it. And then four months later, Taylor drops Evermore and mm. everyone loses their mind. Yeah. Also, props to Taylor for releasing two albums in four months. That is insane. That's Literally. crazy. That's she must have just work. really been 
very productive during COVID when we were watching Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, keep going, Ryan. No, in, in my opinion, those are two of Taylor's best albums, honestly. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic. Yeah. But, but, um, but, yeah, like, going on from that as well, um, I wanted to also talk about um, women in hip-hop real quick. Mm-hmm. So, like, Doja Cat's a big example of that. Like, yeah, she, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. she started off like doing a lot more like rap centric stuff and she's transitioned to more pop centric stuff lately but she still obviously raps in her music mm. but um you know it's it really shows how influential artists like Nicki Minaj actually are because like when Doja Cat like came into the scene she she had so much Nicki Minaj influence like even now she still does like especially that in during the whole hot pink era like with just the way she was like looking in the the, the look she had in her music videos the really high pitched like crazy vocal inflection she did like mm. that's the kind of stuff Nicki Minaj did I really think like Nicki Minaj paved the way for female artists in like the more hip hop genre oh, yeah. but like and for women that didn't necessarily want to conform to the way men are in the hip hop industry like Nicki Minaj had this kind of like really like edgy but she also had this kind of like super girly poppy mm. bubblegum vibe yeah. to her music but she's like I'm gonna rap about it but I'm also gonna be surrounded by rainbows mm. and yeah. so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have a good time I'm not gonna you know be like a classic R&B artist she's like mm. I'm just gonna do my own thing and then she's definitely paved the way for like you know Megan Thee Stallion yeah. uh, Doja Cat even and Cardi like, B and stuff oh I Cardi remember B for this. sure yeah, yeah absolutely like, uh, Nicki Minaj was by herself sort of I feel for a very long time and mm-hmm. then it was Cardi B versus Nicki Minaj yeah, yeah for yeah. so long yeah. yeah with that Bodak Yellow when she came out with that song like that was massive and then these people like Megan Thee Stallion and as I was saying Doja Cat even Lizzo mm-hmm. are coming up and just following her way through it's also great to see some really like strong black artists oh, like black women yeah. as well you know being a part of this industry which is fantastic yeah, like, that, that brings me to a point I wanted to touch on was, um, you were talking about earlier, like, Nick, Nicki Minaj having that whole, like, bubblegum type aesthetic and talking about really feminine, like, things in her music and, mm-hmm. like, I think that, um, hip-hop was such a testosterone-filled genre it for such was, a long absolutely. time. And mm-hmm. then, like, Nicki Minaj, there were very popular women rappers before Nicki Minaj, of course, mm-hmm. like, um... Like, Missy Elliott. Yeah, like Missy Elliott. Like, Lauren Hill is the only female rapper to have a diamond album, which was in, like, 1998 or something mm-hmm. like that as yeah. well. But yeah. She was really the new wave front Yeah, mm-hmm. but, like, Nicki Minaj, there's undoubtedly, like, there's she's one of the most influential artists, period, of the last decade. Like, Not for sure. Like, you can really see her impact today. And um, her bringing that real, like, open femininity to hip-hop has been, like, really important for the genre. Like, if it wasn't for her like making that more popular in the mainstream artists like Cardi B and Doja Cat and even like queer artists wouldn't have as much of a platform because mm. like that because the fan base for yeah. um, you know rap and hip hop would still be predominantly men yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. for sure but like hip hop's really become more of like an un-everybody genre these days mm, I sure. like, than it used to be so we've really spoken about how artists are able to reach out to their audiences and create their own loyal and devoted fan base but how do these fans show their loyalty and appreciate um, appreciation to their favourite fans. Ash, can you tell me a bit more? Yeah, so for sure. So, um, what's one good thing about like uh, finding the artist and really attaching yourself to them is you can show your pride in so many ways. Mm. So, obviously, you have just the classic, like you can buy their records, like back yep. in the day when you had to go to the CD store to buy music, you could yeah. buy their CDs, you could buy vinyls. Like, I personally, whenever there's an album that I'm absolutely obsessed with, I will go buy the vinyl. Mm. Um, Partly for aesthetics and, <laughs> but <laughs> like it's always aesthetics. good to have just to have like a physical um, embodiment of your music taste. Mm. And like 
I guess that sounds very Gen Z of us to think like, oh, yeah. but, <laughs> but like it is. Like, it's really good that there's like you own things that are so very you. Mm. And so yes, you can buy CDs, music, you can attend concerts, buying merchandise like magazines, posters, um, small Etsy mm. shop, like just prideful. Um, merchandise. Um, I mean, even, yeah, with that, like, t-shirts and hoodies oh, and stuff like that. Yeah, huge. The yeah, amount sure. of t-shirts that I've gone to concerts, festivals, and being like, I'm having that, I'm having that, I'm having that. Like, it's ridiculous how loyal you band are tees. to... Mm, yeah, to band tees. Also, I think an interesting one, um, like, an interesting way to show your loyalty, which is a bit more of a avenue that is uh, saturated by women, is creating, like, fan art and, like, mm. fan videos and fan fiction. Like, really re-embodying your favorite artist and uh repurposing their content yeah and i think that's a very very fun way to show your appreciation yeah like those fan cams and stuff like yeah yeah so fan cams are a huge thing with like bts fandoms and Mm. other k-pop fandoms i i'm myself i'm not necessarily a k-pop listener but those videos i'm like they have they must have like video production degrees they're fantastic (laughs) so guys i really have to know who is an artist you absolutely fangirl or boy over and um have shown a considerable amount of loyalty to and if you wouldn't mind giving us your favorite song as well because we love song recommendations on this podcast and we'll add them to the spotify playlist so who would like to start for me i'll go first (laughs) (laughs) um i have two and they kind of fall into the exact same category um I talk about One Direction a lot. <laughs> I think, I Do think, you? I know. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I think it's only fitting that I share my favorite One Direction song, mm. um, which is Temporary Fix, which is, oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's so good. Please listen to it. And then also stemming from that, my favorite Harry Styles song is Woman from his first album. It's a masterpiece. Um, please listen to it. Mm. <laughs> It'll be on the playlist. It'll yes. be on the playlist. So Just- have you shown One Direction and Harry Styles um, any any considerable amount of loyalty? Like, have you been to concerts? Do you buy merch? Tell us a bit more. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Here we um, go. So I actually currently have uh, pit tickets to the Harry Styles concert. Oh, my god! That cost me, oh, my God, an, an arm and a leg. leg. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so expensive, but I honestly didn't even blink an eye. I was like, I have to. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to be right down the Types front. Types in credit card number. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll worry about, you know, making my mortgage later. Like, let's just get tickets. Um, yeah, so obviously still waiting for him to come, which is really sad, but we're getting there. I'm already planning the outfit. Um, I went to the One Direction concert back in 2014, I think, when the, all five band members were still there, which mm. was, oh, my God. And I also read One Direction fan fiction <laughs> for far too long Guilty. in my um, teenage years. I'm willing to admit it for the podcast, but if you know me in real life, no, you don't. <laughs> but yes, I don't think I ever wrote one though, so I can I didn't okay. quite get that. I'm not a super fan. She just uh, read them in her head. Yeah, I just like fantasized about it before I went to sleep. But that's really <laughs> but yeah, that's really the extent. I had t-shirts i any like even more like subtle merchandise i can find now i'm like yeah let's yeah. do it mm-hmm. considering getting like a one direction harry styles tattoo because why the heck mm, not no. um <laughs> it was such a huge part of my life mm. but yes i'm still a very proud directioner and i found out very recently they finally lost their verification on twitter oh, and kidding. my heart shattered no but it's okay oh, we'll move yeah. on <laughs> um i'm sure when i'm talking more about directioners as a whole later on <laughs> so i will pass on to harry to share his favorite song yeah so my artist would be flume so i am obsessed with flume and have been for probably about six years now 
Um, I've seen him twice in concert, once at River Stage and once at Listen Out Festival. Uh, but I've got his Skin album on CD, and obviously the devotion that I've shown is through buying concert tickets. I've also got T-shirts. And then another artist is also What's Own Not, who I've been to seven of his shows. Wow. Yeah. That's seven shows. Seven shows. I've been to like the Met. You're there obsessed. was a, I know I am. <laughs> slightly. Yeah. Um, and even at Splendor in the Grass, he played uh, twice. At, I've been th- uh, three times. and It was amazing. But yeah, what about you, Ryan? Uh, yeah, my, my artist is definitely a big crit. Like, he's my my go-to artist um, I always talk about. Um, I've got he, I've got every single mixtape he's ever put out on vinyl and all of his albums but two on vinyl. Um, okay, you guys make me feel a lot more normal now. I'm a huge, huge vinyl person because, like, as an artist myself, you know, I really appreciate, like, putting money towards an artist and supporting them, mm-hmm, especially sure. since, since Big Crit's independent now. So, like, mm-hmm. all the money goes straight to him instead of to the label. Mm-hmm. So... It's good to support him with that, but um, but yeah, like my favorite song by Big Crit is um Get Away. Um, it's just like a song about just getting away from all the bullshit in in mm-hmm. life, and it, it's been like especially good during like the pandemic. It's been my like go to. Have like, you seen Have you seen them live before? Um, no, I haven't, because um he hasn't come to Australia um in like a long time. So well, it's really rude. He didn't come to see his number one fan. Yeah, yeah. I really so think uh, if you're out there listening. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan really wants to meet you. <laughs> also, Harry Styles, I'd love to <laughs> Just in oh, case you like, stumble upon <laughs> our podcast. <laughs> yeah, but like the, the second he announces he's coming to Australia, I'm definitely going to go see him. Front row tickets. Even if he's in Perth, I'm going to go see him. Of I course, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll go anywhere. Yeah, yeah for sure. sure. Well, just to jump in, and we all know this already, but uh, Bruno Mars, if you're also listening, your biggest fan here. No, I love Bruno Mars. I went to his concert in 2018. But it's kind of rude of him not to release an album since 2016, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, you had all the pandemic, dude. What were you How doing? How rude. How rude. But he has released a few songs um, under the Silk Sonic kind of duo thing that he's been doing, yeah. which has been great. Big fan of those. But if we could just get an album, please, because I'm dying for one. <laughs> and it's really hard to stay loyal to, you know, someone who doesn't keep producing music. because fair, yeah. You know what I mean? You don't hear lots of songs. Um, so I guess that kind of leads us to um, the creation of mega fandoms because Ash was talking about One Direction and they're definitely a huge mega fandom. Um, any other examples that come to mind or if you want to elaborate more on being a directional? <laughs> I, was, I will always want to talk about One Direction. Um, so basically I think like the last 15 years have been like pivotal for like the creation of like these mega huge like worldwide international fandoms. And I think like the four examples that come to mind that really like have really been across the last, I'd say, 15 years. We had, like, the OG Crazy Mania, which was Justin Bieber and the Believers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I Any actually... Believers here? I was a little bit of a believer. Mm. I didn't quite I went to his get... concert when he came to Brisbane in... Oh, I was definitely too old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, 2015. Like, I was yeah. 15 or 16 mm. when he came, and I was like, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> He didn't. He played baby, and that's about it. And I was yeah. like, I know none of these songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like he was like the first artist, at least that I remember in my lifetime, that reached like that almost like Beatles level, like crazy. Mm. Everyone knew who he was. Yeah, and yeah. um, and especially when he was so young. So I think that was so crazy. And then obviously that led into One Direction and the Directioners. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Which is again like just really hot men, just <laughs> um, and then also on the other side of the world we have the BTS army, huge. Which 
oh my god, their impact is, oh, I can't even begin mm. to fathom how large their reach is. People are obsessed with BTS, like fan cams, as we spoke about, Order is one of the biggest, um, BTS is one of the biggest people that I see these fan mm. cams of. So international. Yeah, and so they definitely continue on that kind of girl, fangirl craze, yeah. which I highly respect. Yeah. But then you also have Taylor Swift's Swifties. So, mm. like we spoke about before, people are nitpicking everything. They will... I don't think you can casually like Taylor Swift. You, no. If you like her music, you're like, <laughs> Taylor Swift! <laughs> yeah, Every, it's zero I'm, or a hundred. Yeah, it's yeah. zero or a hundred. And I think they just, they are obsessed and like they're... Any song, like, ah, oh, she could just tell us what has released so much music. Like, ah, oh, I'm feeling kind of lethargic today. And we'll put on this album mm. or this song. I'm like, oh, I feel like I could cry. Ah, oh, I know yeah. the perfect hey, song. It's, yeah, Taylor Swift has She's a song in it for the long run as she well. Is. She's been around for a while. So I think her fans definitely are like super connected to everything she's put and, out, yeah. every stage of her life that she's gone through. And like, like each album. Country is, Girl. Yeah. Like, each album is Psycho always a very, <laughs> <laughs> Each album always has a very, very specific like era to it, which Absolutely. is so interesting, like storytelling wise. And I honestly think like her, whether you technically enjoy the genre of her music, they are so catchy. Like I've had this one song. I don't even know the name of it. I don't even know where I heard it, but mm. it has been on repeat in my head. She's a great songwriter. She is, in, <laughs> and she writes songs for obviously so many people as well. Mm. Um, and I think that, yeah, she's just, and she has like these fans that are in it for the long haul. Like they're not mm -hmm. like a five year stint like One Direction. Yeah. <sighs> Heartbroken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, Never she's forget. she's she's been what her career launched with the release of the Hannah Montana movie. I do believe that was her debut, yeah. and she went through this like country girl like soft love mm -hmm. to a little more of like a poppy teen yeah. to um oh my god I'm 22 life's great to oh my god men suck kill men yeah, yeah. um bad. which I mean like loved it <laughs> loved it for her, and then she's kind of moved along and she's kind of pulled back in to um like a bit more of like a soft Spicy. kind of folksy um yeah. like cottage core kind of Definitely. vibe which is like she's managed to stay very on trend with whatever's happening yeah. not just in music but in like just i also think she's setting trend. those trends yeah. as well like yeah, as yeah. much as those like trends are coming out i feel like she is a huge influence um so we have touched on technology a little bit um but do you think the rise of on-demand music and the streaming platforms that we spoke about last time has hindered or strengthened the relationships between fans and artists ryan are you pro or con technology absolutely pro um mm -hmm. i think that it's it's hindered the financial relationship perhaps but mm. everything else has been enhanced tenfold yeah with the introduction of technology like the, the fact that you can really get to like feel like you know these artists is the big reason why people are so obsessed with them like mm -hmm. it's like back in the day people had to scramble to find like behind the scenes clips of artists there was a lot of mystery to them TV really interviews mm -hmm. yeah it was really hard to get any idea of what they were like and these days you can just go on their page and get to know them pretty easily especially if you can find a like an artist that has a very active and personal social media account like mm -hmm. there's a few artists that I follow that have little to no social media presence. Harry Styles, I'm talking to you once again. Um, <laughs> I need more content. But, like, you're able to find an artist. I think, like, Little Nas is a good example of that once mm. again. Like, he's oh, very yeah. active, like, TikTok and stuff and really shows his personality and his, like, whatever fun he's having. He's a master of Twitter, too. He's, yeah, he's yeah for sure. So, yeah. I think, like, having that, like, personal connection between, like, artist and fan, you're kind of, like, slowly, like, bridging the gap between them. And mm. it also gives fans 
the opportunity to reach out to the artist, whether the artist actually ever sees what they say, but they yes. actually have the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah they actually Ash just keeps writing on Harry Styles' page. He hasn't <laughs> seen it yet. I know. One day, <laughs> one day he'll asleep. notice me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's... You're able to just kind of really understand that they're real people. Mm. Like, and like, oh, oh yeah. I can probably like find a way to contact them. Yeah. And what I find really interesting though as well is like now more so than ever, mm-hmm. everyone is so accessible. Like as you say, you can message an artist. Like back in the day, there was no way that you could ever do no. that. You'd have to go through an email process and go to a management team. You'd have to go through all of these it steps. Was, it Sending was... a letter to like Sony. Yeah. Just being like, here Literally. you go. Yeah, this is fan mail. Can yeah. you yeah. get it to him? Yeah. Thanks. And I also think one part, which I don't think is talked about much, is the fact that for lower income people that weren't able to buy an album or a concert ticket or whatever, it's so much easier for them to access music now and able mm. to find artists they like and not have this financial attachment to it. Yes, it doesn't directly relate to the artist with financial gain, but it's still spreading the community and word of mouth and everything. Yeah. I think that's a super important thing to talk about. That stuff all matters in the long yeah, run, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, like, I think um, it's been proven ever since streaming came out that piracy actually went down. Of course it did, yeah, for sure. Because, like, people just can use streaming platforms and basically yeah. listen to it for almost free anyway or for free, depending which mm-hmm. platform you use. So why wouldn't you just do that? I definitely... Like, was guilty of piracy way back in the heyday. Um, please don't arrest me. Yeah, I mean, for you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. MP3 YouTube converters. Yeah. That, that was the thing. Do we have any anti-technology thoughts? I, I think as a whole, technology has been a good thing, but I think it's probably important to talk about is like with the rise of like streaming platforms and like Discover Weekly, like art, um, listeners are able to find, you know, one song that they like mm. from an artist. And you know what? That's it. Don't really vibe with anything else yeah. or a few songs able just to casually listen and they don't have to make the commitment to an album which is great for the listener and they're able to really just save money and just uh, listen on demand as they please but for an artist it doesn't really force this attachment mm. back to the artist which I mean is a pro and a con in itself and also like the abundance of other music and content that's available to everyone it really it saturates the market and the competition mm-hmm. for the attention of listeners is just insane. So I think like that's, you know, a big part of it. And like artists aren't making money from the casual consumer. Yeah, no. there's, there's a huge loss in, in income. Like, you know, just comparing the stats of like purchasing versus streaming, like mm-hmm. it's like for $310 albums is equivalent to like a million streams. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, it's like, that's such a huge gap, like mm. 300 versus a million. Like, yeah. it's just a giant, giant gap. Yeah, and like, for sure. Like, obviously, it's a lot harder to get 300 people to buy a $10 album than, like, probably to get, like, a, a few hundred, like, a, a streams. Few, few, few hundred mm. thousand streams. But, like, you know, like, when you think about how much a million actually is, mm-hmm. like, think of how many times you've listened to your favorite album. Is it even in the triple digits? Yeah, probably like, not. Like, probably not, yes. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, for some people it will be. Like, for me it is. But, mm, like, yeah. but, like, I know most people aren't crazy music consumers. Like, I'm one of the higher-end music consumers because I like thousands of plays on a lot of my albums. But, but like, you know, it's, it's like... The average consumer is probably going to listen to an album occasionally when they feel like it, and that's it. And they're yeah. not going to they're not going to pay for it unless they really want to like support that artist. Mm. Yeah. So we've been talking about these casual consumers and how they don't enlist that same loyalty as the hardcore fans that we were speaking out about a bit before in the mega fandom kind of section. But do you think there's um any artists 
that do stuff to lose the support of their fandoms. Can we think of any examples of artists who have kind of gone against their their sound, I suppose? I think it's important that like sometimes the the loss of fandom support doesn't necessarily come from like a direction change with that music, mm-hmm. but more like their personal life and yeah. things that happen and said and done yeah. that just aren't quite up to the values of the fandom mm. and the image that the artist would be uh, portraying. Mm. Um, and I think... Well, yeah, I think a big one, especially with that, is recently um, Baby. I think it was, or Lil Baby, came out with Baby. yeah. Came out with a statement saying um, it was like a homophobic phrase or something on one of his posts or something that he'd said in an interview or something. Yeah, so and he's at a concert. He said, yeah. he, he says some like he says some like ignorant comments about like AIDS and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I feel like that was I wouldn't necessarily say that caused a lot of the people who listened to him to turn on him, but like anybody who was like neutral on him before, mm. like, any went, casual like, consumer who was yeah. not like obsessed that, Ooh, I'm gonna, I'm well, gonna, yeah, I'm gonna re- leave this one. As, yeah. 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 I remember there was one song as well with Dua Lipa. I think it was levitating that he yeah. featured on and she completely cut him off that uh, single, mm. which was huge. Cause that song was massive. She had one version of just levitating with herself mm. and one with the baby. And she was like, Nope. Yeah. That's gone. Which, I mean, yeah, it's... Fair enough. If she yeah. doesn't want her, her reputation, exactly. yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I don't think she cut him off. I just think she just said that, like, I'm not in support of these actions and I'm very disappointed, like, mm-hmm. considering that I work with him and he seemed like such a nice person, like, when I work with him. Because, um, like, this, the song is, like, her biggest song, I think, besides, like, well, like at had, the moment. Yeah, she had her own version already that was just with yeah. her. So mm-hmm. she just... I think the circulation of the Da Baby um, version has been you know, reeled yeah. back in. Yeah. I also think Kanye West is probably a really good example mm, of this. He yeah. Yeah. is a renownedly um, unpredictable mm. um, yeah, member word. of the yeah, music industry. Especially with, like, as we were talking about with Taylor Swift, all of those, like, VMA awards and oh. stuff that she'd won and he <laughs> came up on stage, oh. like... Iconic moment. Though. Yeah, very iconic, but creates such this controversial... This animosity between yeah. them for no reason. And mm. Taylor Swift's like, yo, guys, <laughs> yeah. chill out. Like, yeah. I'm just... So, do you think it's possible to separate the artist from the art, the musician from the music they create? There's been a few controversial artists in the past. Um, so, what's your stance on listening to their music? I think you really do have to take it at a case-by-case scenario. 100%. And I think controversy will limit, I think, you know, the neutral, more casual consumers. And they go, you know what, I liked this one song, but I'm willing to let go and sacrifice this one song. Mm to show that I do not support the actions of this artist. However, mm-hmm. when you get to the hardcore fans, um, it's a little bit harder, and especially if the controversies are, you know, just allegations, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no concrete proof, which, yeah. like, for some um, scandals, that is all we have, and sadly, sometimes allegations don't stand up. Mm-hmm. So I think an example of that would be, like, um, Michael Jackson. Like, you have mm-hmm. an entire generation who are, like, I will he's a king of pop yeah. can't let go obsessed yeah. rest in peace we love you and then there are others like i personally didn't really grow up listening to too much michael jackson so it wasn't a big sacrifice you know what Ooh, i'm not sure what's happening with the michael jackson estate but i'm more than happy just to stay out of it and let yeah. it ha- let what i like the listeners listen to it mm. but i have no need to interact no. 100%. similarly with like r kelly 
yeah. as well. I feel like everyone draws the line in a different spot, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think everybody's at least a little bit hypocritical in this regard. For sure, absolutely. Because, like, anybody who's like, oh, yeah, I would I'd absolutely refuse to listen to this person, and then they might listen to somebody else who's actually done something way worse, but they just like their music more. Yeah, it's, so, yeah, it's like, very much a case-by-case thing, and I think... It all depends on the person you're talking to. Like, I personally, I've never been a big fan of, like, Chris Brown's music, so it was very easy for me to go, you know what? I no can Chris I Brown. can wash my hands of him, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Like, he's currently banned from Australia, mm-hmm. or at least he was in 2015. Yeah, right. And so I assume he hasn't come back since then, so I'm assuming the ban still mm, is up yeah. and holds. I think it also depends how much of their personality is in their music. Mm. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like, for some people... Like, their personality is their music. Like, yeah. Kanye, if you, you're going to get his personality in his music. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, and I feel like it's to an extent, like, Lil Nas is definitely the same way, too. Like, if mm. Lil Nas did some weird shit, it would probably pop up in his music, too. And, mm-hmm. like, it would be hard for you to separate it because, like, Nas and his music are, like, one. one. Like, one. They're, they're not even distinct things at this point. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, so I think that kind of, like, sums up everything we wanted to discuss about, like, the casual consumer and fandoms. And I think it was... A really interesting conversation to really break down um, the difference in like what people think and how people show loyalty and appreciation to their favorite artists. And also, we definitely all you know wrote a letter to our favorite artists during this episode. <laughs> so at um, some stage, we're all like, yeah, we want to meet our our person. Uh, so that would be great. But yeah, I think we'll pass on to Harry to mm. discuss our polls from last week. Yes, so it was quite interesting last week, actually, believe it or not. So we had um, our Discover Weekly. We had a little poll up there just trying to find out what you guys were listening to and who were in your Discover Weeklies. And believe it or not, we had Bruno Mars, which I am 90% sure that was probably Kimmy. <laughs> and, then we had... and also Bruno Major came up as oh, well. Oh, true Bruno yeah. Major. Um, and we had Glass Animals and Beach Weber as well. And then we also had another one, uh, which was, have you used a Spotify code? And this one was a very limited amount of people. It was quite interesting. There's about two or three people that had used the codes. Mm-hmm. But like, personally, guys, have you ever used codes before on Spotify? No, I, I haven't. Mm. That's why I didn't really interact with that I, one too I much. I think it's very well integrated, honestly. It's mm. kind of like in an inconvenient spot. Like, if, if it was a button at the bottom, I feel like it'd probably be... Yeah. If, if it's like... If I had, like, a little button in the corner, like, you know, scan, you use that, I could, or I could see that. Or, similarly, it's probably easier for people just to create a QR code rather than a Spotify-specific yeah. code. Yeah. Um, especially because everyone nowadays is all about the QR codes mm, and exactly. already know how to do it. And, it's and like, it can just go off the camera instead of being in the Spotify yeah, you don't app. Have to be in the internal yeah. A lot easier software. access. And then, yeah, our last one was, what do you have more of, CDs, cassettes, or vinyl? So cassettes were definitely out the window. But uh, <laughs> I do like the idea of collecting cassettes, though. Like yeah. I can definitely get behind that. I have that. a couple. I mm. don't have a tape recorder, like a tape player. I know. Yeah. So yeah, I, right. I, I feel like that kind of negates the purpose. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, CDs and vinyl were very similar. CDs obviously just took the wind by a little bit. But vinyl, I also reckon, is a very aesthetic thing as well. Well, I think, yeah, people with CDs, they probably had them from when, you know, mm. CDs was the primary form of music consumption, where yeah. vinyls... You know, they've been out the window for a while regarding, like, the easiest way to consume music, and now everyone just likes to have that physical collection now. Um, So I think that's where it differs slightly. 100%. Well, thanks, Harry, for the polls. And just to sum up, this is actually our final episode of the Onkey podcast. Sad. Um, We might bring it back for another season. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been an absolute pleasure um, for all our listeners. We really enjoy coming in here and talking about things that we're super passionate about. We've learnt so much throughout the course of um, doing our podcast, and we hope you've enjoyed listening. 
Um, so we just want to touch a little bit more. If you ever want to keep in contact with us, you can get basically all of our information from the Instagram. But um, if we just want to sum ourselves up in our music tastes, maybe um, what was our Spotify wrapped favorite artist last year? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, who wants to take it away? Harry? Oh, geez. Um, so mine was Doja Cat. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was a bit random. Like there was a one song that she put out on Spotify that was so high, which was like in 2015 or something, mm -hmm. and I was listening to that on repeat for so long, and I didn't realize how long I was actually listening to it for. But yeah, that would be my one. What about you, Ryan? Um, big crit. Big crit. Yeah, no surprises yeah. there. Yeah, I was I was in the top 0.05 percent of his fans, I think, on on Spotify. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mine was One Direction. <laughs> I was in the top one percent. No, of the no. fan base because I went through about two months and that's all I listened to <laughs> and I just really needed a good reminisce that it was their 10 year anniversary last year oh, um, so I think I went through a moment where I was just like having a crisis yeah. <laughs> it was like the one direction will fix it I yeah <laughs> I think I was going through that um, isolation crisis as well in 2020 yeah. so Bruno Mars is mine he just makes me feel good when I'm sad yeah. okay um, but yeah I think I was probably Kimmy we were just staying true to brand we yeah. were <laughs> we, we really are Ryan, you just directioners and I don't even know what they call the Bruno Mars fandom I'm not sure. Mars bars. Brunettes. Mars bars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, Fina can't join us here today, but I'm sure... I wonder who hers would have been. She's probably very on brand. Maybe we well. should just make something up. Like, <laughs> her favourite was... Lil, Lil Backyardigans. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Fina. Um, so, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Um, you know, signing off for the last time. See you later. Bye. See you guys. Oh, man, playing in your systems, everybody gone see. We be hitting every note because we keep it on key. Playing in your systems, everybody gone see. We be hitting every note because we keep it on key.